On that note, I would love to invite up Mama Catherine. To minister, again, we just so honour you. Thank you for being here and we want to give you the most amount of time to minister. So thank you. Good morning, beloved. Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm just taking a moment to look at your lovely faces. Oh, he loves you. He loves you so, so much. Thank you for my earrings, Glory City. That's my Mother's Day present. They're beautiful. <laughs> I feel loved. I, you know, it's such a pleasure and such a joy um, to be able to be here. And I so enjoyed worship this morning. There's something about corporate worship that is so special. You know, we can have our individual times of worship and, oh, I need that. I need to be loved by God. I need to love him. I need my personal worship. But it doesn't replace corporate worship. There's something that happens when we corporately come to adore him and let him love us. And it's just so magnificent, so, so powerful. You know, Ephesians 3 that um, David was speaking about this morning, it says that... uh, Paul says to pray, for, ask the Father for the Holy Spirit to strengthen us with might in our inner being, that we may know uh, Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith, that we might know together with all the saints what is the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, the love of God that passes knowledge. And there is an aspect of the love of God that can only be experienced together with all the saints. There's a, there's a part of God's love that you can only experience corporately and uh, I just I love being here my husband is sad he can't be here today Um, but we we just so impacted by the way that you love one another the Bible says by this shall all men know that you are my disciples that you love one another and when we come corporately to worship God you know it's not a warm-up or a nice sort oh yeah we're going to think about Jesus for a little bit That's not what worship is. Worship for us as Glory City is just a core element of who we are. In fact, it's our highest call and our greatest ministry. We're all called to the ministry of reconciliation and all to do good works. But above all, we are called for fellowship with him. We're called into worship with him. And that happens when we come And we have faith in the redeeming sacrifice of Jesus that has made a way. We were reading um, Hebrews yesterday just for joy about how Jesus, in Hebrews 10, how Jesus' flesh was torn open just like the veil in the temple so that we could come now right into the Holy of Holies. You know, worship for me is not just, yeah, I'm going to think about Jesus. Oh, that's nice. Yes, it was nice. He died for me. And that's, you know, one level of worship. But worship is like us coming like little children and saying, up, daddy, up. I need a cuddle, up. And every single time we come to him like that, no matter how we're feeling, no matter what's going on, he is there going, I love you, come here. He cannot resist. He doesn't look at you and go, you know what, I think we need to talk through some things before we do that. He doesn't like, you know, I don't know, you've been a bit bad. 
He is love. He is absolute love. And he looks at us. And every single time we come to him, he can't help himself but be who he is. And that is extravagant love. And, you know, you look at that in the story of the prodigal son. He came home. I mean, there was no explanation yet given as to why he left. And, you know, there was no even apology offered before the father started kissing him and putting the robe on him and the shoes. He didn't even wait for the apology. The moment he saw him turn his heart toward the father, the father was like, come here. And that's who God is. And the goodness and kindness of God leads us to repentance because we realize it's not fair that you just love me like that. You know, you should, be, you should be punishing me. I don't understand. It's not fair. You should at least, like, have a little bit of reservation to teach me that I should have behaved better. It's just not who he is. It's just not fair. It's so unfair that it breaks your heart. That's what worship is. So we come in and we feel like hypocrites sometimes. Anybody ever feel like that? Like, feel like I, you know, I don't really believe I could really have a big encounter with God today because I really have, you know, not made much time for him this week and, you know, I've been struggling with this and that. And we come just with this tiny little bit of faith. Daddy, I'm here. I love you. He's like, I'm so happy you're here. Come here, let me kiss you. He goes, it's okay. Pray for help from my Holy Spirit so you can receive it. (laughs) Like, it does not make sense. And it does. It breaks your heart. You just go. And he wants us to give up. He just wants us to give up. Give up our preconceptions of what love looks like and just let him overwhelm us. Drown us in love. (laughs) and it will set you free and so that's why I love corporate worship it's not something that you know we enjoy just a little thing it's our opportunity to connect with him it's actually how I was saved I was saved in corporate worship I just lifting up my hands and singing to God, believing in God, but I got real with God that day in corporate worship. I just said, Lord, can't see you and I don't know you, but I'd really like to help. And in worship, he just made himself real and that was it, all over Red Rover. (sighs) Never the same again. Never the same again. And from that moment on, he has wanted to reveal more of himself. Hallelujah. Well, I, I want to, oh, I just want to say thank you, Jesus, for letting me be here today. Such a privilege, such a delight, such a joy. Hallelujah. I'm so excited about Mark's book. Oh, I'm so excited about that book. I'm going to promote it all over the world because I believe it will change the world. It's going to be a Christian classic. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But I also want to, I just feel the heart of God for you today. I feel the compassion of Jesus for you. I want to encourage you. Um, You know, I, 
I know, I know that the, the Lord loves you. And I want to, um, for some of you, it's actually been a bit brave to come out today. Mother's Day can, can be a tough day. I remember um, when my eldest daughter was away from home and we were having really big troubles with her. Mother's Day for me was a crying day. I would just sob and cry and sob and cry, and, you know. But since the Lord has redeemed it all and made it so beautiful, my first phone call of the day is from her. You know, oh, Mommy, I love you. <laughs> God can redeem anything. Um, but, you know, I also wanted to encourage you. There's, um, we just had our beautiful GCN conference, which was wonderful. And... Um, we had a couple come from Texas who are part of the network and they connected with us because they had seen me minister in um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They'd come to some meetings and uh, they had been trying to have a baby for about seven years and the doctors told them it's not possible. They'd started IVF and or were about to start IVF but they'd they, even then, they didn't rate their chances very high because of physical issues. And um, they'd lost, I think, seven babies. And um, my friend suggested that they come forward for prayer. And the, the wife just, was, just said, look, no. It was, she didn't want to be disappointed again. And I get that. You, you, you know, disappointment is hard to handle. Um, so she didn't even want to come, but finally my friend convinced her to come for prayer. And um, the Holy Spirit just touched her. I just had a word straight up. The Lord says, it's done. You, you're a mother. You're going you're, you're to be pregnant. It's done. You'll, you'll know within the month. And four weeks later, they knew that early too, which is amazing. They knew she was just bang, she'd pregnant. And that day I'd prophesied she'd just started her cycle. So she's like, I know that I'm not pregnant and this is terrible. But bang, God did it. And they brought their little baby over to Brisbane uh, to show us, which is so, so, so beautiful. And we've seen multiple, multiple, multiple things like that. So I, I do, I want to pray. Um, I want to pray, and I don't want anyone to have to stand up if you don't want to, but I want to pray for you today because I believe there's an anointing. If you're wanting to have a child, I, I just felt it in the worship today. The Holy Spirit wants to come upon you, and he wants to touch you, and he wants to bless you. So even if it's hard to hope, I want to tell you God has so much hope. So if you just want to put your hand on your on your belly, if that's you and you want to have a baby, I'd like to pray for you. Papa, right now, every good and perfect gift comes from you. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. The Father of lights, Holy Spirit, come, touch, heal, deliver. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing, I speak fruitfulness. Tell the enemy, get your hands off them. And in the name of Jesus, I speak the blessing of God. I speak the blessing of God over couples. Be fruitful and multiply. Be blessed. Have children in Jesus' name. Be blessed. Thank you for your healing touch. Thank you, Lord, for conception. Thank you, Lord, for full-term 
pregnancies and healthy births, healthy babies. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Amen. Amen. Done. In Jesus' name, it's done. Amen. Hallelujah. I can feel the love of God for you. And I want you to know that he wants to experience you. He wants to ex- you to experience his love in such wonderful ways. But on my heart, um, for the last few weeks and in my own life, just recently, I have not been able to get away from a message that the Lord just is continually digging deep into my heart. And in fact, I felt the Lord just even last week tell me to begin to write a book on this one. I've just released a new book on the Holy Spirit, praise the Lord, and um, I'm so thankful for what he's doing with that. Um, but I, I want to I do this as the Lord leads, but it's on the topic of freedom and what it looks like to live free, to be free. And so I want to share just a few things with you about that today because it's for freedom that we've been set free. It's such an amazing thought. If you've got your Bibles, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. You're the name above all names. You are worthy of all praise. And my heart will sing how great is our God. Jesus, we love you. We love you, 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 Jesus, we love you. Ushaka Baba, Rete Abba, Yesu Abba. Can I pray for you, ma'am, that right up the back, behind you, yeah, in the back with the little one on your lap? Yes, darling. Can I pray for you? Would it be all right? Can I pray for you? Can you come? I know you've got Bobby. Thank you. Thanks, darling. Hey, what's your name? What's your name? Alita. Alita. Papa, thank you, Lord, for your grace on this one. Father, thank you for your great love for her. Shole mochre denia, Papa. Father, I thank you that you've given her good ears to hear your voice and that she'll hear your voice behind her saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. And I hear that the Lord's saying that he's just brought you out of a wilderness season where it's been, you felt it's been very tough and very dry and very um, a difficult time. But the Lord says that you've stepped over 
the hurdle of a fence and you've, you've just continued to keep going and you've, you've determined just to keep walking. And the Lord says that he's now bringing you into a, a springtime. He's bringing you into a new place where he says uh, the blessing of the Lord is coming and, and that his hand is upon you. And I see um, the Lord has just brought you to a place as you have persevered. He's brought you to a place where you know him and he says he's going to reveal himself with so much kindness. And the Lord says that the kindness that you receive from him, you're going to communicate to others, that you are called to be a messenger of hope. You're going to be a messenger of hope to so many people because you have found hope in him. So, Papa, I just thank you for your great grace. And I thank you for these ears, Lord, that hear your voice well. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, Lord, bless our Father. Thank you for your grace. Amen, 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 amen. Hey, darling. Amen, amen. God is good. All right, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He says this, that we've been given incredible freedom. And he, he tells us, it's for this reason that I've given you this freedom, that you would stand in it and that you would enjoy it and that you would not let deception rob you in any way, shape or form to take away any of the liberty and freedom that I've called you to. It's something that he emphasizes really strongly. For freedom, I've set you free. Stand firm in that freedom. It's like Mm, lay hold of it and don't even passively let it somehow be diluted. Don't, don't allow anything to rob you of the glorious freedom that you have. In order to stand firm in our freedom, we should really be discovering what that freedom looks like. Mark's book is very exciting because it's talking a lot about what it looks like to be saved. Hallelujah. And the freedom that we have as children of God. The freedom that we have from condemnation and fear and guilt and shame. Freedom from ourselves and all the perceptions that we've had about ourselves. As I've been ministering at the prophetic school this week, I've said that um, to the level that you love yourself, that the way you love yourself will be the cap on how you are able to love others because you can't love somebody else better than you love yourself. Love one another as you love yourself, the Bible says. So God is looking for us to come into agreement with him about how he feels about us and to the level that we embrace the freedom to believe what he really says about us is the level that we are then allowed and free to be able to give love and to manifest Christ as love to others. If you're judging yourself, the way you judge yourself, the measure that you judge yourself is the measure that you'll judge others with. So if you're harsh and critical towards yourself, if you're always looking at yourself as, you know, well, not quite there yet and not quite doing well yet, every time you minister to somebody else, every time you speak to somebody else, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak with the same measure that you use. You'll, you'll do that for them. You will, you will love them in the same 
to the same limit that you love yourself. But if you start to come into agreement with how God feels about you, if you will start to let the love of God impact your life and to the point that you have learned to discipline your soul, your feelings, to come into agreement with how God feels about you, then you begin to enter into true freedom. If, if your heart continually condemns you and, and you know theologically, yes, I'm forgiven, yes, I'm set free from sin, but in your heart you still feel a bit like a hypocrite, you still feel a little condemned, then that feelings, those, those feelings can rob you of the freedom, the glorious freedom that you've been called to. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The message of righteousness is the only way to have true peace. Because without fully believing that you are righteous and holy and clean by the blood of Jesus Christ, you can never have true peace. True peace is free from all shame, all guilt, all condemnation. True peace means there's nothing I have to be worried or afraid about. Nothing I have to be ashamed about. Nothing that is limiting my capacity to manifest the fullness of God's love and power. It says in um, 1 John chapter 3, I, I like 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. I just read that for dessert, you know. <gasps> wow, delicious. Uh, but 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. I just love that verse. Hey, so my heart condemns me. I feel like, you know, I know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I've confessed my sin and he's been faithful and just and forgiven me of my sin. But you haven't yet let that truth crack down right into your soul and you haven't disciplined your soul to come into agreement with it. Your feelings are still going, yeah, but, you know, really, I'm not as spiritual as Dave. You know, I'm not as spiritual as this person or I'm not, you know, I'm not quite there yet. I'm still a bit carnal or I'm still a bit, you know, pathetic or I'm still... Whatever it is you believe about yourself, you can have all the theology right in your head, but you must let your heart start to come into agreement. But the Bible tells us, even if your heart's still going, hypocrite, you know, useless, you can say, hey, heart... Even if you try and condemn me, God is greater than you. Hallelujah. And he wants us to begin to preach to our souls, to tell our souls what to feel. We are the just who live by faith, not by feelings. Hallelujah. I'm not just because I feel it. I'm just because my faith is in what Christ has done. But those feelings are not to be ignored. They are to be educated. They need to be told. Come into agreement with God. I want to tell you the truth because it goes on to say here, Beloved, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. I used to read that verse and think, well, you know, there you go. 
That's why I don't get everything I ask for, because I don't keep all of his commandments perfectly. But wait, there's more. And this is his commandment that you have to keep. That we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. So if you have believed that you can't receive everything you ask because you don't keep all the commandments, he's not saying you have to keep all the commandments and the law. In fact, he proved it's impossible for anybody to do that. There's one commandment you have to believe in in order to be able to have confidence towards God. That is that you believe on the name of his son Jesus who is able and has taken away all your sin, guilt, shame, and your old identity. Hooray. So if you will believe this one thing, one commandment, believe that the Savior has set you free, then you can have confidence toward God that you are free, that you are clean. And even if your heart's not quite there, you just preach to your heart every day. Hey, soul, why are you downcast within me? Hope in God. Let me tell you the truth. You're free. You are loved. You are not who your parents said you were. You are not who your spouse said you were. You are not who those people said you were. You are as He is in this world. You are clean. You are holy. You are righteous. Even if yesterday you had an ugly attitude, this is what you believe. You've confessed your sin. He is faithful and just to forgive you, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You are holy. You are pure. You are clean. You are righteous. You are lovely. I don't feel lovely. Hey, Let me tell you the truth. And you just keep pushing in until your soul is delivered from lies by by preaching truth. Amen? Because we want to have hearts that have confidence toward God. Amen? Because it's very exciting. When you have confidence toward God, when your heart doesn't condemn you, whatever you ask, you'll get. That's not if you achieve a level of spirituality, whatever you ask, you can have. If you achieve a level of faith, no. If you will simply believe what is done and just convince your soul by preaching truth and coming to agreement with how God feels about you, whatever you ask. Oh, that's just so much more exciting than you're realizing. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. You are so wonderful, Jesus. 2 Corinthians, chapter 10. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. That's nice. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Do you know we need to be people who demolish the arguments of the enemy? So this is how I see it. It's like you do something wrong. 
you maybe um, you have a bad thought or you, some, you, you do something that's not right. And you go, oh, yuck, that was wrong. You feel guilty and that's okay. That sort of guilt's okay because it helps you realize that was not good, that was wrong. And you bring it to God, you go, sorry, God, that was wrong. Sorry, Jesus. And then he goes, I already paid for it. I love you. You are forgiven. You are clean. You are holy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But in your heart, you still feel like, oh, that was terrible. I wonder why I let that happen. There must be something wrong with me. And the enemy comes and he whispers, yeah, there's something wrong with you that you let that happen. You know, actually, you're still quite whatever it might be. You're still like that. You know, that, that's terrible. That's coming out of your heart. You're a terrible person. And if you go, oh, no, no, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. No, 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 I don't want to hear that. And you just try and ignore it. It doesn't go away. It just stays there in the background. It's a little bit like um, when I first got a smartphone. I got an Apple phone. I didn't know you're supposed to close all the apps. And so one day my husband was looking at my phone. And he goes, honey, you can't have... 50 apps open, like you're supposed to just see, double click it here, and then you just swipe them away like this, you close them down. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. So, so okay, oh, yeah, that's fun. Close that down, like that, swipe it away. <laughs> because if you don't swipe them away, they tick along in the background and they use up your data and they use up the power. And it's so much like that in our own lives. And when, when we've done something wrong, the enemy who takes every opportunity to have a go will come in, oh, this is an opportunity, and he'll come and he'll try and condemn you on the back of it. Yeah, wasn't that ter- You had that awful thought about that person. You said those words. And you go, I've, I've forgotten, I've, oh, no. And... He's like, yeah, you're horrible. You've actually got real bitterness in your heart. You're, you're a bitter person. You go, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. No, I don't want to hear that. I confess my sin. I don't want to hear that. And, but if you, don't, if you don't demolish the argument with truth, it sticks around. And not only does it stick around, it sticks around like a, like a really annoying person. If you imagine you went to work every day, and there's this person that just pretends they're your best friend and they just hang around all the time and just say all these awful things. They, these things, these demons, actually hang around pretending to be attached to you, your friend. And if you ignore them, they don't go away and they, they bring their other friends to come with it. So they'll be saying, you know, this one one will be saying, you, you bitter person, you've got a real issue with them, you know, and that's actually probably because you're really, you've really got issues with rejection and you're just pathetic. And then, then they bring their friends going, hmm, you should think more about that actually. Weren't they awful to you? Let's think about that some more. And then other friends come, oh, you evil person that you would think like that. And they, before long, you get surrounded by these things that are, that are like ticking along in the background. And if you ignore them, you start wondering why you're struggling to hear the voice of God. And it's simply because you've got so much clutter going on in your space. 
They are encroaching on your freedom, and you're supposed to be demolishing their arguments. So we need to be vigilant. We can't be passive in our freedom. We have to stand firm in it. We actually have to do something to maintain a clarity of space in our heads and our hearts so that we can hear the voice of God. We can be free to be creative in the spirit instead of feeling burdened by these you know, demons that are clattering around trying to harass you. You need to confront the lies by demolishing the arguments. Amen? So the way we do that, though, is just the way Jesus did it. Hallelujah. When the enemy came, he didn't just ignore him. When he was tempted, he didn't just ignore the temptation. And he didn't feel ashamed about the fact that he was being tempted in the first place. Because often that happens too. You know, you're just going along your your day and... The enemy comes and he tries to bring a thought. And if your response is, oh my goodness, oh I'm, oh, I'm ashamed that I even had that thought. The moment you buy into the belief that you've had that thought and you start to exercise shame, you are already entertaining an annoying lie. You're entertaining a demon. Jesus, I know Jesus didn't, when when the enemy came and said, hey, turn these stones into bread. The enemy had come in to take advantage of a weak moment when he was actually hungry. He had a natural need and he was presenting an opportunity to meet that need in an unholy way. And because Jesus had this temptation come at him, do you think that he felt bad that he'd had that temptation? Do you think he spent a whole lot of time feeling ashamed about the fact that he'd had that temptation? It's a question, um, not a TV. Yeah. No. No, he didn't feel ashamed about that because he knew it wasn't coming from him. But often we will buy into the religious lie, you should be ashamed you had that thought. You didn't have that thought. The enemy came and tried to take advantage of a natural need that you have, tried to present an opportunity uh, to, to meet that natural need in an unholy way. And for you to feel ashamed about it is as silly as feeling embarrassed that um, someone externally has come and done something bad. It's not about you. Hallelujah. Uh, But... But when the enemy does that and he tries to bring in shame or he tries to bring in whatever it might be, you need to not just ignore it or feel embarrassed about the fact that you had it in the first place. You need to turn and confront it and demolish the argument. You need to take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ so that you would do it uh, like this. so the enemy comes and he gives you a bad thought. Say it's jealousy or whatever it might be, covetousness or whatever. And you feel, you, you go, oh, that's terrible. Oh, I feel really bad that I had that thought. And then suddenly you realize, wait a minute. Wait a minute, that thought wasn't even coming from me. No, I'm going to tell you the truth right now. I'm going to demolish that argument. We're going to deal with this right now. Here's the truth. Thank you, Jesus, that as you are, so am I in this world. I have confessed my sin, and he has 
faithfully and righteously forgiven me and cleansed me from all unrighteousness. I am as clean and I am as pure as God because he has taken all my shame and all my guilt. I don't just quote the word um, as a magic formula to make it go away, but when I engage with the word really believing what it says, I wield it as a weapon that demolishes the argument and the thing has to leave. Amen? So say even you're struggling with sickness and the enemy comes and goes, you're going to get sick again. You need to not just go, I'm not listening, I'm not listening. You need to pick up the word and say, no, the Bible says that by his stripes I'm healed. Not just vainly in your head, my stripes are healed, I'm healed, hope this formula works. But engage with it and and let it impact your heart. The way I do that is I like to pray the word. By praying the word, I really start to engage with it. Mm, No, Father, thank you. You said, you said you've delivered me. You said no weapon formed against me prospers. You said that by your stripes I was healed. Oh, that's so good. Hey, enemy, God has spoken it to me. And let it be a word that's not just something in your head, but something that's a rhema word to your heart, and you pick it up and you use it. God himself has spoken this to me. So if you've got a lie, go to the Holy Spirit and ask him, what do you say about it? Because when he speaks it to your heart personally, you can go, I have got it from his mouth. This is the truth, and I'm going to demolish that argument right now. And if it comes again, you go, I'm going to demolish that argument right now. In fact, I write it in my journal, the truth that I use to demolish the enemy's arguments, so that when he comes again, I just open my journal up and go, hey, this is what it says. This is the truth. And pretty soon, he just gives up because he knows, okay, no, she's, she's occupied that space with truth. Hallelujah. And we need to stand firm in this freedom because unless we learn how to actively every day consistently react, respond to lies by demolishing them with the truth of the word of God, we allow the enemy to limit our freedom. We have been called to have absolute freedom, freedom from fear, freedom from shame, freedom from all accusation, freedom from every thought that doesn't line up with who Christ is about ourselves. Any thought you have about yourself that doesn't agree with who God is, is a space that needs to be um, evicted. There is something occupying space that needs to be evicted with truth. It's an, it's an argument that is a squatter in your space. And you need to demolish that argument with truth. And you need to, there's a few people that need to just clear out some squatters in their space. Because, and, and we've been talking so much about the prophetic this weekend, but it's very difficult to fully operate in the joy of hearing the voice of God and, you know, listening God to God for other people when you're just working on surviving day to day because your space is so cluttered with all the, you know, the weight of sin and guilt and shame that you're not meant to carry. 
the weight of fear and anxiety and the what if that doesn't happen and what if this and what about that. All of those cares, God says, cast your cares on me because I care for you. I want you to walk in the freedom that I've purchased for you. I don't want you to have to carry any of it. Bring every single one to me. Ask me what I think about it. I will give you truth so that you can actively lay hold of it, engage with it, and walk in a freedom that has supernatural peace that I know that I know that I know God is for me. I know that he will take care of me. I know that he's my breakthrough. I know that every promise he's made to me is absolutely yes and amen. He who has promised it will also do it. Amen? Is this making sense? Psalm 40 verse 4. Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust, does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. It's a little bit like, have you ever been in a shopping center and they want to offer you a free sample? Ladies, you know, yeah, here's a free sample. If you turn aside and take that free sample, pretty quickly they're like, you know what, you're looking really dehydrated. Just come into my shop. I want to just, I, can I just try something on you? I want to just, and pretty sure, pretty soon you've been dragged in and you're being enticed to buy eye cream that you don't need. Does that make sense to anybody here? Blessed is the man that doesn't turn aside to lies. If you entertain a little bit for a little while a lie, they're going to Go for it and just keep going and keep going and keep going with more and more and more to clutter you up and to take away your freedom. So we need to very quickly learn to identify. Uh -uh -uh. No, this is the truth. Hallelujah. This is the truth. And instead of feeling ashamed about the fact that they've offered you something, I mean, how ridiculous would it be if you were walking through a shop and you felt ashamed that someone had offered you something? Uh, we went to LA. No, not LA. We went to Las Vegas. And I had my kids with me. And when they were a bit younger, and we're just walking through the streets, and there's pornography everywhere. They've got these cards everywhere with... Um, you know, strippers on them, and they just put them everywhere. They're all over the sidewalk. They'll stick them in everywhere so that they're at eye level. They'll be handing them to husbands as they're carrying their babies, walking with their wife and kids. You know, it's just everywhere. It was so intense. I mean, I got so distressed by it. My little Emily, who, who was like 10 at the time, she says, Mommy, I know why they call it Sin City. <laughs> I got so distressed. I stood on the street corner and I said, Lord, have mercy on this place. I did. I couldn't help myself. And we got out of there really quick. I know God wants to bring glory there, but I was offended for my children. I'm just like, not okay. But imagine if Tom felt guilty because they're like flicking cards at him as he walks along. It's like, no, that hasn't come from him. This has come from something external, just having a go. But very often we sensitive believers feel bad because the enemy's gone, I'm having a go, I'm having a go. Here, be offended. 
<laughs> I'm so terrible because I had that thought. Ah, lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so sorry I had that thought. It didn't come from you. You don't need to repent because they tried to give you something. But you do need to demolish the argument when it starts to try and bring shame attached to something. Don't just tolerate it because they'll keep going until they can get a foothold. Don't tolerate it. Demolish the arguments. Amen? Song of Songs, chapter 2. I love this. This is from the Passion Translation. I am truly his rose, the very theme of his song. I'm his ever-fresh lily, thriving on his love, growing in the valley. You should be able to have confidence to say this about yourself. That's coming into agreement with what God thinks about you. And then the king comes in and he says this, Yes, you are my darling companion. You stand out from all the rest. For though the curse of sin surrounds you, you remain pure as a lily. So you can use that if you believe it. When the enemy comes and says, you impure person, you really nearly, you nearly entertained that, or you entertained that for a few minutes, oh, you're, you're terrible. If you did, you say, sorry, God, I shouldn't have done that. Sorry, thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. What do you say about me? And he'll come and say, you are as pure as a lily. When you are surrounded by the curse of sin, you remain so pure and so holy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Even if you did the wrong thing, you just come and say, Oh, thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. What's the truth? Tell me the truth. Oh, you say I'm as pure as a lily, when I, even when I'm surrounded by sin. And as soon as you've got it, when you've got it, not here, but here, when you've got it, then you can use it. <clears throat> and, the end, and you're like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I'm pure as a lily. And the enemy comes. You are so not pure. I, I know what you thought. I know. You, you entertained that for like 50 seconds. You, you impure person deceiving yourself by believing you're pure. You need to rise up and go, The Lord says that I am as pure as a lily when I'm surrounded by the curse of sin. He says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. He says, I have been crucified with him and it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. This is the truth. As he is, so am I in this world. And I will not tolerate you in the name of Jesus. I demolish your argument with this truth. As Christ is, so am I in this world. Get out of my space. In Jesus' name. Amen. Don't play the passive Western victim. Don't start to buy into the belief that you are not in a war. You are in a war, but the weapons of your warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. They are mighty for the demolishment of arguments, but unless you use them, you won't stand firm in your freedom. It's for freedom you've been set free. You need to go through and swipe away every little thing that is ticking away in the background, every little lie that you have been entertaining or that's been hanging around as though it's your friend. You need to go, get out of my space. Here's the truth. 
And if you don't know what to use, just ask the Holy Spirit. He'll speak it to your heart until it echoes through the caverns of your soul. Oh, this is the truth. Mm, I've got it. (laughs) I'm going to tell you the truth right now. And every time it tries again, you tell it the truth until it's too afraid to even bother. Hallelujah. It helps me, so I think it will help you. (laughs) Oh, Papa, you're so lovely. You're so lovely, God. Holy Spirit, come. There's someone here that you've been having trouble um, with your stomach. There's been, um, in your abdomen, there's been issues going on. Who's that person? I want to pray for you. Somebody here. Who's that? You've got some issue going on in your stomach. I want to pray for you. Can I pray for you? Can you come? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thanks, Lord, for your touch. You're so faithful. Oh, he loves you. What's your name? Jerry. Oh, he loves you so much. You have a pure heart. You're without guile. You're just beautiful before him. Clean, holy, (laughs) righteous. Father, I thank you, Lord, right now, set free. Wow, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for absolute wholeness, healing in his stomach right now, in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against him prospers. I speak the life of heaven now. Be healed, Jerry, in Jesus' name. Thank you for wholeness. Amen. <laughs> Be made whole. Hallelujah. Healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come. Thank you, Lord. Somebody else with blood pressure issues? Is that you? No, someone else. There's someone else here that you've got some blood pressure issues. I want to pray for you. Can you come? Shukate Mosi. Yeah. My pleasure. Thanks, Lord. Yando Nakai. Papa, thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. Jesus, you're the healer. Now, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your touch. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you completely restore him right now. Be healed, be free. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Healed in Jesus' name. Yes, God, free. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Well, we're going to pray for... Um, anybody that needs healing in just a few minutes. But before we do that, I want to ask you, if you're here today and you know in your heart you haven't got relationship with God, you aren't walking with God, and you know, you might believe in God, that's one thing, but God's looking for us to actually respond to his mercy, to say, Lord, I want to surrender my life, the lordship of my life, and I want you to come and be my Lord. I want to come into your house. I want to belong to you. I want to give you my life, and I want your life to be in me. I want to uh, give you all of my sin and my shame so that you can give me all of your forgiveness and your grace. He's standing offering it to you, but he has to wait for your response because he loves you enough to give you a free will so that you could enter into true relationship. Relationship is not free and is not true if it's not, if it's not free, if we don't have a free will, if we don't have an ability to choose.
He gave us an ability to choose because he made us like him. He chose you, but he waits for you to choose him back and to say, yes, Lord, I want to respond to your mercy. I want to come into your house. I want to belong to you. I want you to come and live in me. I want you to transform me from the inside out. I want to walk in fellowship, in relationship with you. If that's you today and you say, yes, I want to walk in fellowship with God, I want today to be the day that I cross the line from death to life, that I cross over into the kingdom of God, that today is the day I give my life to the king and we become one. Is there anybody here today that says, yes, that's me? I want to respond to the mercy of Christ. Let me see your hand if that's you. I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here that says, yeah, I want to respond to the mercy of Jesus? I want today to be the day that I say yes. Yes, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. Just let me see your hand. Yeah, God bless you, darling. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me? I want today to be that day. Because I tell you, when you do that, the Bible says, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father, who's in heaven. It's this glorious, "Mm, yes, they belong to me. Is there anybody else that says, yeah, that's me. That's what I want. Let me see your hand if that's you. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, well, we're going to pray all across this room. Would you pray this after me? Father God, I believe you sent your son, Jesus, to be punished in my place. I believe that Jesus died and rose again. Right now, Lord, I bring you all of my sin, all of my shame, all of my fear, everything I ever have have been, and I lay it at the foot of the cross. I receive your forgiveness, your mercy, your grace. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. Make me new on the inside. I believe you receive me. You change me right now by your spirit. I declare you are my God and I am your child. Forgiven, cleansed, free in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hey. Amen. Amen. If you need healing in your body right now, would you put your hand on the part of your body that needs to be healed? Or if you can't do that, just put your hand on your chest. I want to pray for you right now. We don't just do this as a nice idea. Whatever I ask, I receive. I'm asking for you. So even if you feel like you haven't got enough faith, it's okay. I have some. I'll share it. Hooray. And you have faith because you have Christ living in you. You have the faith of God living in you. So it's good. Hooray. Hallelujah. Every time you feel like you don't have enough faith, you can confront that lie. Say, I have the faith of the Son of God living in me. Hallelujah. Woohoo. Shakaba. Right now, in the name of Jesus. I want you to take it and receive it. In Jesus' name, I declare 
Holy Spirit, that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, we are healed. I declare freedom right now in Jesus' name, healing, deliverance. I thank you now in Jesus' name for wholeness. Someone's thyroid's being healed. I thank you for healing, wholeness in the name of Jesus. Someone else has been suffering with heartburn. Healed now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for kidney issues now being healed. Someone else with a liver condition. Healed in Jesus' name. Someone else who's been struggling with, um, like... uh, um, like ovaries that are uh, sticky. It's like being whatever they are. Healed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Healed in Jesus' name. Healing, 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 healing. Hallelujah. Through the hips, through the knees, Father. Whatever need, you know all about a healing in the skin, healing in the nose, in the nasal passages. Now in Jesus' name, be free, be healed. In Jesus' holy name, I speak the life of heaven, the life of the Son of God. In Jesus' name, be healed, friend. In Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, amen. Ah, Well, do whatever you couldn't do before. I love you. I hope I get to see you again.